Could these study results apply to your life? If you or a loved one are living with HER2-positive metastatic breast cancer, take a look at the data for a clinical study where 50% of eligible people with HER2-positive MBC lived over two years without their tumors growing or spreading. Visit HER2Results.com to learn more. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Your teen requested a ride, but this time, not from you. It's through their Uber teen account. You probably drive your teenager around a lot. They have gymnastics club, science club, rec soccer club, school soccer club, club soccer club, and three-hour clarinet club on Saturday night. Perfect. Now, with an Uber teen account, you can be there even when you can't. It's an Uber account that allows your teen to request a ride under your supervision. They ride with a highly rated driver. And with live trip tracking, you can follow along the whole ride. Thank you. Add your teen to your Uber account today. See app for details. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It's Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. I'm Scott Sandberg, alongside James Salinas here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. A busy Saturday here in Las Vegas, UFC 264 tonight. McGregor Poirier, the trilogy. We're going to get into that plenty coming up a little later on this hour with Reed Kuhn, who will join us uh, and talk about some fight props and just this undercard as well, because there is more than just McGregor and Poirier. Uh, college football win totals coming up about five minutes from now I'm very bullish on two teams in particular so James I know you're going to want to hear that because I, I got to get your thoughts as well on these two teams but real quick let's update you on the Major League Baseball scoreboard the Blue Jays with a 2-1 lead over the Rays top of the third inning and counting with a runner on first and just one out uh, that first five uh, under for you not looking good right now but still very capable of coming through James that's why I got the towel right. <laughs> little sweat, little sweat to start our morning. You said it was hot out there. It's been really hot out here in Denver too. So, uh, being suited up here, getting the sweat on—that's the way we start our days on the weekends here again on betting across America, Scott. Listen, I want both of us to win this bet. So, uh, would you say it was five and a half was the total for the first five? Total was five. Five. five okay, so give me four runs here in the first five. Right, so you hit yours, and then we'll take like four or five runs for the rest of the game, and I'll hit my over eight and a half. So I'll feel very good about that, and we'll both walk away uh, winners in this one as uh, Vladdy flies out. So uh, that's that. Um, 
upset I'm not going to see Vladdy in the home run derby. I would have liked to see that. Um, I actually think it would have been a fun idea if you can get, like, every legacy player that's hot right now in Major League Baseball to do a home run derby. So give me Vladdy Jr., give me Tatis Jr., give me Cabrian Hayes, give me Bichette and Biggio, and, and make their dads throw the pitches to them, too. Let's make it a family affair. Absolutely. The dads know they've been through them. You know, they were throwing BP to their kiddos. They know exactly where they like yes. that baseball <laughs> down and in up and away, wherever sweet spot is and just lay it right in there to them. And especially in the th- thin air out here, at Coors field, literally Scott, it's just a couple miles West from me right here where I'm at my house here in, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun event regardless, but yeah, that would have been interesting to have a, a little classic action going back with those dads and father and son action there on the home run. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, you're getting old uh, when you could remember the fathers of players that are playing in Major League Baseball. I mean, my father used to tell me things like that. And now I'm at the age where I'm like, yeah, I remember watching their dads. Uh, so it's aging me uh, a little bit here. Uh, speaking of uh, games that are going on, we got a game that's going to start about a little less than 10 minutes or so from now. The Twins and the Tigers from Minnesota. Bailey Obear against Kyle Funkhauser. Uh, Funkhauser 3-0 this year with a 2.59 ERA in the Tigers. Believe it or not, uh, a good baseball team. Now, listen, I don't. Maybe I'm making you know to go in too uh, far there, but uh, this is a team that has been playing really well after the month. You know, a month of April. They started so poorly, James, but they've been pretty decent uh, as of late. And getting plus money value, I don't hate playing the Tigers. I don't either. And, and think about the manager, A.J. Hinch. He needed to do some damage control. And we talked about fresh starts earlier with Wentz leaving Philadelphia. Well, definitely Hinch needed a, a fresh start to get out of Houston and go to a place where you're kind of in obscurity there when Major League Baseball talk when it comes to the Tigers. And yet yeah, not a great roster, but keeping this this Tigers team competitive and bringing good effort each and every day out to the ballpark. And you mentioned Obera. Yeah, that's the six foot nine. That kid's just a big horse up there. And they actually are starting to did the Twins the last start let him stretch out a little bit I think coming off injury they've been a little concerned we see this with a lot of pitchers coming back from injury to what extent are they there on a pitch limit that type of thing not wanting to get them too stretched out too early this time here he went five inning his last time it was pretty very successful his last go around against the White Sox I believe on Monday so with Funkhauser out here it's just a spot start this is just going to be a, a bullpen game for the Tigers and for me Scott usually when we're talking about the these openers and bullpen games it's usually games that I just stay away from. Well, how about this? Tigers on the first five run line, plus a half a run, just minus 105 at BetMGM. The Tigers are the fifth most profitable team in Major League Baseball on that first five money line. The Minnesota Twins, second worst in Major League Baseball on that first five money lines. That could be an area to target there if you're looking at this game, which should get underway about five minutes or so from now. I'm Scott Seidenberg. He's James Salinas. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit us up on Twitter at VSIN Live. Again, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. And college football, James, is my bread and butter. I love college football. Now, I grew up in the Northeast, so people look at me and they say, how did you become a college football fan? And I always say the same thing. Remember those old cassettes that Sports Illustrated used to release with, like, the year in sports review? 
Well, I used to get them every year along with my football helmet. And I loved watching, you know, the recaps of the college football season and the Heisman Trophy going back to, I think the first one I can remember was Gino Toretta's 1992 campaign. Uh, and then moving on eventually, you know, I remember the Charlie Ward in 94. And college football to me is just it's, it's, it's not better than the NFL. I don't want to say one's better and one's worse. I, for me, cap college football much better than I do the NFL. Now, you are obviously the NFL guru here, the contest champion, but do you see a difference between capping college football and the NFL? Is one easier or more difficult than the other? For me, the NFL is, is that's where I I put my energy towards. I think for college, just because of the transition, there's always so much transition of rosters and turnover because it's college, it's college sports in nature. Obviously, we know that kids are only going to stay for X amount of years and they transfer out. And then thinking about the the college game where it's just there's so many games on the board that I usually don't start getting involved betting college football until we get a little later into the season. I'm an eye test guy for the most part. I want to see. I want to see matchups. I want to see how do these teams perform out there on the field, X's and O's. How do they adjust? And then I'm more so of an underdog player. And I mm-hmm. think for me, early in the season with college football, you have so many matchups where it's one-way streets, right? You have you have the cupcakes out there, and even some of these better teams, these top teams, where it's really top-heavy in college football. Alabama. These numbers are so big, it's really tempting to say like Alabama was a big favorite over Miami week one. Here, it's tempting for me to want to go the underdog in that spot but then looking at matchups I usually don't start to get involved because not only because the numbers are are not in my favor from an underdog perspective but I'm also big on getting involved in finding scheduling spots Scott mm-hmm. and that apps that absolutely applies to the NFL as well as college where you find a good scheduling spot and you know that whether it's coming off of two straight road games and now you're playing a, a not a non-conference team in this sprint and now you got a big conference game the next week finding those sandwich games finding those look-ahead games don't get those early in the season. You start to get those as we get to, you know, October and later in the season. Mm-hmm. So that's really more so when I get involved with college football. Well, one of the win totals that uh, jumps out to me, and I think it's my favorite win total uh, for the season here, is the Georgia Bulldogs over 10 and a half wins. And I look at this schedule, James, and they have the opening up, the opening game against Clemson, neutral site game in Charlotte, which Let's face it, might as well be a Clemson home game, right? They're three-and-a-half-point dogs against Clemson, and that's still a winnable game for the Georgia Bulldogs. They have an incredible defense. They return a bunch of starters from last season, and when JT Daniels was healthy last year, they were 4-0, and and he put up tremendous numbers. He's going to be here for the entire season, hopefully, you know, barring injury, so I think they are a much better offensive team. They're just as good defensively, and looking at their schedule, Yes, the Clemson game is going to be difficult, but it's still a winnable game. But even if they lose that game, I can't find a second loss on that schedule. They will be favored in every single game that they play, including the Florida game, which is in Jacksonville, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. They're about six and a half to seven point favorites in that game in Jacksonville. So looking at this schedule, even if they lose to Clemson, this is at worst an 11 and 1 team going into that matchup with Alabama in the SEC Championship game and as we know the title game does not count towards win totals so uh, it's just a regular season bet and I think this team goes over 10 and a half wins 
Scott, I agree with you, and you talked about schedule. Scheduling is a big piece for me, whether I'm doing season win totals or just handicapping games, whether college and or NFL, from week to week. And you look at the road games that Georgia's going to have, aside from the Clemson game, neutral site game there, but games at Vandy, at Auburn, which we think is, at least I think, is going to be way down this year as far as expectations go and performance for the Auburn Tigers. Other road games at Tennessee and at Georgia Tech to finish out the season. Any of those road games scare you for Georgia <laughs> to, to go in there and, and stub their toe? Not for me. I think this is a very favorable schedule when you're talking about, especially for a team, as much talent is on that team. They recruit just like all the other big dogs out there when you're talking about Alabama, Ohio State. It's always a reload type of team. And I think here with this favorable road schedule, I agree with you. I, I can only see the over. Yeah, yeah, they're thinking national championship there for Kirby Smart. Uh, and they have the talent to do it. And the schedule, as you mentioned, uh, no LSU or Alabama in the crossover games. So they avoid those two teams. And uh, they, they have a, a cake of a schedule with the exception of that Clemson game. Another team that I'm really high on this year. And actually, they are my pick or one of my picks to make the college football playoff. And you could get them to win their conference right now at only minus 143. And that's the Oklahoma Sooners. This team, in my opinion is the best Oklahoma team that we will see in the last maybe seven years or so. Spencer Rattler, the Heisman favorite, with good reason. Lincoln Riley just knows how to handle the quarterbacks, and he's going to be tremendous. But they return, I believe it's 13 starters on defense and 10 or 11 on offense. This is a deep team with a bunch of returning players. From everyone that I've spoken to, they believe this is the best defensive team that the Sooners will have in the last decade. Now, let's look at their schedule. The toughest game they have is the Iowa State game, but that game is in Norman. So they'll be favored, and they should win that game. The game that concerns you, James, and this is right up your alley with the scheduling, having to then go to Stillwater for Bedlam the week after that Iowa State game. That's a letdown spot. It's a sandwich spot because it's a letdown and a look ahead because you're going to come off a win against Iowa State, and you're also going to be looking ahead to the Big 12 title game. So that, to me, is the most dangerous game on their schedule, but I believe that they will be undefeated going into Stillwater for that game. Scott, makes sense to me. And thinking about that, yeah, definitely could be a look-ahead game considering they'll be in position to be in the conference title game after that Oklahoma State game. But the one advantage you have there if you are the Sooners to keep your focus on that final week at there in November 27th is the fact that it's an in-state rival. So it is, it's not like you're playing at Baylor somewhere or you're playing at K-State. Those games are earlier. That would be more so of that look-ahead kind of flat-spot game for me, for the Sooners, the fact that it's Oklahoma State, and yeah, it's on the road, but it is your in-state rival there in the Cowboys. I think that helps keep them focused, and it, to me, it's, it's a good scheduling spot in the sense that at least if you're playing them there, it, it's Oklahoma State in that spot and not one of these other teams like we mentioned, whether it be Baylor or Kansas that they have on their road schedule this year. Uh, one other team, uh, and then I want to get some of your teams that you've been circling, but I I'm a little confused with North Carolina because I really do love them. Uh, I think Mac Brown has done a tremendous job, and I believe Sam Howell could very well be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft next year if he has that good of a season. They lost a ton of touchdowns 
to the NFL, right? Both running backs, top wide receiver. You know, they go, they leave. So that's a lot of production that you're replacing for this North Carolina team. But they do have the players to replace that production. The schedule concerns me a bit because they have to go to Notre Dame. And that's likely going to be a loss for them. Their number is so high. It's 10. I think it's smarter to go under and think that this is a nine-win North Carolina team as opposed to an 11-win North Carolina team. And that pains me because I am very high on them, and I'm actually going to play them at minus six week one at Virginia Tech. One of the advantages looking at this schedule that you mentioned, Scott, is, yeah, they are going to Notre Dame and playing on the road there on October 30th but it's going to come off a bye week. So they're going to have back-to-back games. They'll have three. There actually looks like it's going to be. No, that's a neutral side. They'll have three straight games at home, Duke, Florida State, Miami, before that Notre Dame contest on the road. But they're going to have a week off. So two weeks there to get your mind right. Stay focused on that game going forward here. There were at least the two weeks of preparation, having played Duke, Florida State, and Miami all at home prior to that Notre Dame game. I think we talk about schedules, and I look for those things too, but I also like the fact that that North Carolina will have the bye there. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I think that's, that's a tough schedule to go through to think that you're only going to lose, to, to go over that total, like you mentioned. I agree, especially the talent that they lost. Although Sam Howell, uh, let, let's see it. I mean, his special quarterback, sure. he can make all the throws out there, but – Yeah, to your point, a lot of lost touchdowns, a lot of lost talent that went to the NFL draft. North Carolina will be a very attractive underdog play in that game at Notre Dame because of the reasons you mentioned with the home games and then the bye week. But looking at Notre Dame's schedule, they play USC the week before playing North Carolina. So a big game against a rival in USC, and then you have to take on North Carolina coming in hungry. So that could be a dangerous spot for the Irish. Give me a team that you have circled right now as far as a college football win total that you like. I'm looking at Miami going under nine and a half wins. Now it's juiced pretty high. It's juiced at a dollar forty, dollar forty-five, depending on where you look. But I think for Miami, you just mentioned talent lost by from the offense from North Carolina. A lot of talent lost on that hurricane side from the defense. Their their top three pass rushers all went to the NFL, so they lost a lot of talent on that defensive side. And the fact that here with the quarterback position with De'Ara King, I don't know when he's going to be back onto the field. He had that ACL surgery in January. Usually that's a full year recoup and recovery. They're talking about him coming back in September. Scott, that, that's just, that seems too early for me. As somebody who's gone through multiple, multiple surgeries and knee surgeries, it's, it's a process. Not only get your knee right, get your body right, but then get your mind right to get back out there and trust your legs, especially for somebody like King who needs his legs fully healthy to, to be underneath of him the way that he, you know, the dual threat quarterback that he is. And then you look at the schedule, starting with the schedule. Well, the first opponent right off the bat, September 4th, you're playing Alabama. So <laughs> chalk that one up as a loss right there. So the rest of this schedule, then looking at how it plays out, you're going to follow that with a game against at home games against App State. We know they're always competitive. Mich- Michigan State, who showed signs of improvement last year. And, and some other road games, you're p- traveling to North Carolina. You're traveling to Pittsburgh, in-state rival. You're playing at Florida State. Like, that's a gauntlet of a schedule for me right there. And just to say that they're going to go and exceed and only lose two games with that 
schedule. Question marks on the defensive side with talent lost to the NFL, as well as De'Ara King. When is he actually going to see the field this season? That's a lot. That's a lot of question marks for me to say, yeah, this is a 10 win team. I know it's juiced. I'm pretty frugal when it comes to to laying prices. I'm more of a getting the plus price on things here, Scott. But for me, yeah, under nine and a half wins for Miami. That's the first one that jumped off the board. to me. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you there. Um, uh, what about another team? Is there a group of five program that you like out there? As well as looking at let's let's think about Tennessee and playing in the SEC. Okay, uh, Tennessee, a Tennessee really a team a t- team going through transition right now, and it's new coach with Hypel. Is he going to run the spread? What is that up-tempo offense going to look like? How did that work out for uh, Mr. Leach down there at Mississippi State? Worked out first game, didn't work out so well through the rest of the season. It's just, there's a lot of transition on the offensive side, not only with the offensive line. That was the strength of their team where the volunteers was that offensive line. Well, a lot of departures, whether it be through transfer and or to the NFL, and then I, Who's playing quarterback? I don't know who's going to play quarterback and then I have to go into a whole new system here. I don't know what the quarterback position is going to look like for Tennessee. And then you look at the schedule here and you're talking about trying to find seven wins here. I just I, that's the first one It's six at best. And that's a push here. It's sitting at six. The total at uh, the total wins at six laying a dollar ten either way. To me, at best, this is a six-win six win team. I think it goes under. Uh, so, for me, it's minus 110, lay the under, six wins for the Tennessee Volunteers this season. Yeah, which is, which is amazing because, you know, there's always so many expectations. And, yes, with the crowds back in the stadiums this year, Nealon's going to be rocking. But, you know, they really the, the schedule is not in their favor, and uh, they have to go to Alabama. And, uh, you know, Georgia's coming into town. They're going to embarrass them at home. Uh, this could be an ugly season for uh, Tennessee. Give me one more real quick. I was looking at Coastal Carolina. Now it's sitting at ten, which means they pretty much uh, not sweep the board. But you can't have you can't stub your toe too many wears down this down the schedule. But uh, there, there's one thing we've got with something we got to take into account this season too is the super senior and how many super seniors are going to have that year of eligibility who are deciding to come back. There are going to be a lot of super seniors on this team for Chanticleers. I loved what we saw out of them. I'm a big chemistry guy and loved how galvanized that team looked loved saw that when they competed against BYU and I, I both sides of the football they're returning 19 starters including the the player of the year in the Sun Belt and Grayson McCall yep. throwing the football and can run the football too their two toughest games they're going to be tough are on the road at App State and Georgia Southern but they're going to have extended time they're going to have the bye week or 10 days before uh, the, the Georgia Southern game and they'll have the bye week before the App State game so that's always helpful when it comes to preparation I just can't find I can't find three losses on there for this schedule for the Chanticleers. So make mine Coastal Carolina. I think it's a terrific team. They're going to do great things just like they did last year into this season. I think that momentum carries over so many seniors and so many returning starters on that ball club. Make mine the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers going over the 10 win total. Do you think because of their success last year that some lines are going to be inflated on their games? Uh, they probably will be, yeah. and uh, that's where you know from. And right here, that's the beauty of season win totals. We're just, who's going to win, not yeah, who's going to exactly cover, right. So <laughs> that's the best part here. And I just, I just really like that team. I like the chemistry that we saw on that team, and and, and they, it's guys that play play for each other. Sometimes you don't always see the offense and the defense. They don't always get along because they bang each other so much in practice. Not always the the best of friends when it comes to things off the field. But you can clearly see it. The, both both units cheering for each other. They really, it's a 
really galvanized team to me. I love the chemistry with Coastal Carolina. So there's your college football win totals. He's James Salinas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Coming up next, we're going to update you on the Major League Baseball games in progress right now. A happy Scott Seidenberg and upset James Salinas. We'll tell you why coming up next. And then we'll get into some games for later on this evening. Maybe some spots that are attractive if you're looking to place a wager on some Major League Baseball games. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM here on VSIN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, bro. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
The new episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod looks ahead to next Thursday's opening of the summer season at Saratoga. Tom Law of the Saratoga Special offers an on-the-spot preview. Horse players advocate Jeff Platt discusses the evolving rules for picks, six, wagers at Saratoga and Del Mar. Rampart Casino Sportsbook Director Dwayne Colucci handicaps weekend races. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It is sponsored by First Bet. Scott Seidenberg, James Salinas here with you on Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Major League Baseball, two games in progress right now. A couple of more will get underway in about 90 minutes or so from now. And James, not happy as his first five under uh, has not come through. The Rays with a 4 2 lead over the Blue Jays in the top of the fourth inning. And uh, James, it's really been the long ball. Oh, Mike Zanino hit a bomb. There at the drop, and uh, the Rays, who are trailing, uh, now lead four to two in the top of the fourth. I think they've hit four home runs in the first four innings of this game. Well, we're only in the top of four, so really the first three and two-thirds innings in this game. And we know both teams have the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark. But, you know, Scott, it's a loser. It's not the first hole I done. <laughs> I've been doing I've been doing this a long time, so you t- you take the losers. We're not chasing the one thing. I, I, I wish I could sit here and say, oh, I'm the most disciplined sports better, and and I don't chase. I'm not chasing something like this. My my volume when it comes to the amount that I bet on baseball is not like what we talk about with football. Sure. Here, so, but again, it's just a loser. Not the first hole I dug. We'll be fine. I'm looking forward to the fights tonight. That's where I'm actually going to be uh, getting some good investments. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Reed Coon will join us about 20 minutes or so from now as we'll preview McGregor Poirier 3 and get into some fights on the undercard, certainly. But uh, let's take a look at the Major League Baseball schedule. Oh, and one game still in progress. Uh, or in progress. The Tigers and Twins are scoreless. Bottom of the first inning. Uh, but let's look at some games for later on today. And uh, there's a game tonight, James, that uh, I really uh, like. And I liked it yesterday. And I think I'm going to go back to the well with it again. And it's the Angels and the Mariners. And I'm I'm going to look at the total. Um, yesterday, it went over thanks to the Hanniger Grand Slam, but I was playing the first five over, which it went over four and a half. And I'm going to go back to the well there again with these two teams who are ranked first and second in Major League Baseball in first five overs. And it makes sense for the Angels because if you look at their scoring, the Angels are top five in baseball in scoring in the first five innings. But the Mariners are actually towards the bottom half of baseball, in fact, the bottom third of baseball, in first five scoring. So that would mean that it's their pitching that's giving up runs because if they're only scoring two runs per per F5, but yet they're the second or first most profitable team towards the over in the F5, well, that means their pitchers are certainly giving up a bunch of runs early. Absolutely. I, th- I think about the the one caveat to that, though, is Chris Flexen on the mound. Now, he does pitch much better at home, just like most players. It's a very uh, positive park for pitchers to pitch there in Seattle. He's he's His ERA at home in nine starts is just a shade under two. He's only allowed three home runs in those nine starts and given up eight walks. So he doesn't miss a lot of bats. He pitches to contact here. Uh, but I think with Otani in that lineup, you see the shot that he hit last night. Oof. Can that be worth more than one? 
one run. I mean, you got somebody hitting the baseball the way that he hits it. So effortless. And what a moonshot that he had last night. That should count for more than just a, just a, a one run on the board when it comes to whether he's got anybody on base or not. What a, what a, what an exciting player. And anytime you've got him in the lineup, he's always good for some, some extra fireworks to put some runs on the board. Absolutely. Uh, another game that I'm going to look at and I'm going to stay out West. It's the Dodgers and the diamondbacks. Do you realize that before yesterday's win by Arizona, the Diamondbacks were 1-28 and in their last 29 road games, and, and they beat the Dodgers? And now the Dodgers are minus 330 with Walker Bueller on the hill against Caleb Smith. Uh, run line is the only way you can look at this if you're going to bet the Dodgers. It's still minus 140, but that's a lot better than minus 330 here. Scott just speaks to the volatility of betting baseball. That's a, it's a 162 game season. Nobody goes 162 and 0, and nobody goes 0 and 0 and 162, right? So I think here, uh, maybe the Dodgers had their bags packed, looking forward to uh, oh, we got a we got three scrimmages coming up against the Diamondbacks. Where are you going for the All Star break? I'm out of here too. Yeah, they clearly did not show up last night. No, they did not. Uh, he's James Salinas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Someone that did show up was Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We continue our NFL division previews with the NFC South coming up next right here on Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. VSIN subscriber exclusive this Tuesday. Long Shots hosts Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds will be answering your golf betting questions live just in time for the British Open. They'll be live this Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific for a subscriber-only Q&A session. Subscribers will have access to watch live and ask questions, or you can email your questions ahead of time to questions at vsin.com. Watch for the link in your subscriber email and join Brady and West for all the golf betting insights this Tuesday. Scott Seidenberg, James Salinas back here on Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As we've done earlier in the show and on previous shows, we continue our NFL division-by-division previews, and we go to the NFC South, one of the more intriguing divisions in the NFL, which of course features the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are plus 650 to go back-to-back and win the Super Bowl. Uh, James, I don't know how high you were on the Bucks last year, maybe before the season, but during the season, it was an up and down year, and they caught their stride towards the end of the season and certainly into the postseason as well. Do you see a similar up and down season from them, or are you high on the Bucks to dominate this NFC South? Scott, typically I'd look to either stay away or fade the defending Super Bowl champs there's so many things that go on off the field. Now you have a lot of turnover when it comes to the roster, guys looking to get paid, guys having a lot of uh, external things going on when it comes to other commitments, endorsements, you name it. Just so many distractions that usually follow winning a Super Bowl. But in this case here, 
with Tom Brady and as driven of an athlete as he is, I don't think we've ever seen anybody not only perform the way that he has, obviously, uh, winning w winning the way that he does, but so driven to compete and such a leader that everybody follows. And I think the biggest difference from last year to this year, he's talked about kind of the up and down season. Well, there wasn't a preseason. There wasn't the OTAs. There wasn't the mini camps. They didn't have all of that. And I think that was a challenge for somebody like Brady coming over. You're coming over to a new team, a new system. You're working with new teammates, especially where you've been for two decades. Going to take some time to get acclimated and build build some rapport and some chemistry with your teammates offensively. And that was kind of really a work in progress as the season went on. And when their bye week, they had a late bye week. And really after that bye week, gave them some time to really have a chance to dial some things in. And I think now with a full offseason to work through, no restrictions, and the entire roster intact, Typically, like I said, Scott, I'll go against the defending uh, a team looking to repeat. In this case, it would be the Bucks, but I'm not going to get in front of this Bucks team. I think with that roster and that driven quarterback there named Tom Brady, not a team that I want to say it's going to be a down year. Yeah, uh, and they are the class of this division, right? Um, the Saints with no Drew Brees. Uh, the Falcons are always a question mark, but now no Julio. We'll see what happens with them. And the Panthers, uh, I don't know who's going to be on their center. You know, it might be Sam Darnold. We'll see. Um, um, you know, I certainly liked what they're capable of, but there's just too many question marks with the Panthers. So the Bucks are clearly the class of the division, minus 200 on BetMGM. But the Saints are your second favorite. And if it's Jameis Winston at quarterback this year for them or Taysom Hill, uh, can the Saints go over this nine-win projected total? Uh, both sides are at minus 110 at BetMGM. Are the Saints a 10-win team this year. Man, that's really tough, Scott, because you think about the extra game, that helps. But Drew Brees and what he brought to that team, not only with his playmaking ability, but I think the biggest thing, his decision-making ability and knowing where to go with the football within the construct of the offense and the game plan. Now he's gone, and you, we've seen the exploits of Jameis Winston when there he was in Tampa, and he, he locks in, and he sure loves to force it and sling that ball down the field in the decision-making process. And there's a reason why he's in New Orleans and no longer in Tampa. And I think here with pet project that is Taysom Hill for <laughs> Sean Payton, I think we'll continue to see more packages for Hill. How many more times does he actually throw? We saw some of that last year, but huge question mark for quarterback for me with this team. I do like the offensive line, and you do have a few playmakers there. Obviously, Kamara's terrific out of the backfield, running and receiving the football, and then Thomas is a terrific receiver down the field. But And I do like the defensive front for the Saints, being able to apply pressure Davenport and Jordan off the edges great defensive front four there for the Saints but yeah I can go either way with that I think the schedule I think the one thing that we we missed out on and it's got to factor back into our handicap obviously is that there'll be fans in the stands and certain certain stadiums it's not really that big of a home field advantage they don't typically I think a, a place like Tennessee it's not a big advantage when there's fans in the stands half the fans are for the visiting team and they never sell that they never sell out that stadium either but think about the Superdome, we mm -hmm. know fully well that that is definitely a tremendous advantage for the Saints. So that's where I could, I could go either way on this one. I probably won't bet it because nine sounds about right and things break their way. And if Jameis actually fits into the offense, I can see it going over. But that's a big if. Where if Jameis is going to fit in, 
I clearly, I, I just don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. So it's probably just going to be a stay away for me for the Saints. The Atlanta Falcons, James, with a very low number of seven and a half wins. Arthur Smith comes over from the Titans and he's now the new head coach. So you would expect a boost to that offense. And Matt Ryan certainly has an attractive weapon in Kyle Pitts, uh, who I actually liked with Julio Jones on that team with Julio Jones out. Even, you know, even though Calvin Ridley is a great wide receiver, I just thought that having Kyle Pitts as the third uh, option there would would benefit him. But he's still going to be incredible. He can make a case for offensive rookie of the year. There's a lot to like with this offense. And there might be enough to like with this schedule. Could you go over seven and a half with the Atlanta Falcons? I can see that. I, I like Arthur Smith, and I coming over here now. Anytime you get a new head coach coming over, there's some things you've got to get in there and clean up and and change an identity and, and a new direction for the team. But I think Atlantic sorely needed that. They need Quinn needed to go not from the from a wins and loss perspective or X's and O's perspective either. It just he needed a fresh start. That whole coaching staff just needed to go. I'm thinking of a few years ago in that debacle of a Super Bowl, yeah. up 28 to three late in the third quarter. That you're just not going to recover from that cycle. Psychologically, obviously, that team never recovered from that. So I think they needed some fresh blood in there as a coaching staff. And for Matt Ryan, uh, yeah, the weapons, they're going to be able to put some points on the board. And really, uh, I'm so excited to watch Pitts in the NFL. I think he's a special talent and a special player. And they're going to need him because they're going to need to score a lot of points because on that defensive side, no pass rush. And definitely in that secondary, they've struggled to, they struggled to stop anybody. So I think we're going to see some shootouts, some fun games for Atlanta. But you got a veteran quarter their quarterback there with uh, Matt Ryan and some tools to work with and a new coach coming in. I can see that going over the win total. Sure. Uh, and then the Carolina Panthers, boy, the schedule makers got cute putting the Jets up against the Panthers in week one. Sam Darnold gets to go against his former team. Uh, he's James Salinas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Coming up next, we're going to get into UFC 264 with Reed Kuhn, ESPN UFC Insider. It's betting across America, presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 when you place a $1 wager on the Notorious One to get his revenge in the main event on July 10th. Simply use bonus code VSIN100 when you place your bet to take advantage of this knockout offer. Enjoy fight night more than ever with BetMGM. New customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Scott Seidenberg, James Salinas back here on Betting Across America presented by BetMGM and the main event that everybody is hyping up tonight at UFC 264, Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. To help us break it down, we welcome in ESPN UFC insider, author, analyst, and consultant. You follow him on Twitter at Fightnomics. He's Reed Kuhn. Reed, You've seen the weigh-ins, the press conferences. You've heard everything all week. Has anything over the past couple of days changed your opinion about tonight's main event? No, but there's a very simple reason for that, and that is Mass doesn't really care about what's happening on the stage. Uh, The analysis stands. Last time we loved Poirier as a big dog. This time uh, we're even willing to pay a little premium for him. 
So we just think Poirier often offers better weapons here, even at a slight premium. Reed, I want to ask you this of thinking about now from the last fight six months ago with nobody in the stands and we know what a showman McGregor is and how much he feeds off the crowd and 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 loves to play up those angles. Now we're going to have full capacity tonight there in Las Vegas. Does that factor into the handicap a little bit, knowing it's going to definitely be a pro McGregor crowd and for a McGregor that clearly was unfocused in the last fight, does that factor in or any concerns about that for McGregor as far as his concentration and his focus going into this fight with the crowd going to be fully behind him tonight? He's always had the crowd support, um, but, you know, facing difficult opponents who also have a ground game, that's much more important to me. Um, I certainly can't really quantify what happens with the effect of a fan, the fan noise and support, and he's had support before and still lost. Um, this is a fight that could go into later rounds. I don't know if it, I don't think it goes the whole five rounds. I think both men are going to be a little bit more conservative early on, though. Uh, and if that fatigue kicks in, any energy he got from the crowd, if he's too fired up early on, that's only going to sap his cardio even more. So, again, this is not something that we're taking into account in the math, um, but I see it different ways than most, that he's going to feed off the energy. I think that's also a slight liability. Yeah, Reed, I agree. This fight is not going the distance, but I do like the over one and a half rounds. It is juiced at minus 190 on BetMGM towards the over, and I actually think a sprinkle on the over two and a half fight prop could be good as well because of the bigger octagon and because of the importance of this fight. I do think the first round might be a feeling out process before these guys actually engage. So how deep do you think this fight goes? I'm with you on that. I, th I think um, over two and a half is starting to be where I might draw the line. Um, I'd probably go over two and a half, but over one and a half for sure. I think both guys are going to feel each other out. Both guys are trying to outthink the other in terms of who's made adjustments. Are those leg kicks going to come into play early on? Or is Dustin Poirier going to change levels? So those two basic factors, one is no one wants to go down early. They're both going to want to think about it and test the strategy of the other. And Poirier could choose to take this to the ground or start to grind him early instead of making it a shootout. All of those reasons would say this should go longer than last time. And it made it into the second round last time, even though it ended pretty quick. So I'm, I am leaning the over one and a half, two and a half is starting to get a little dicey, but I'm with you overall on the theme here. Reed, you're, so you're talking about Poirier, and you like him to win this fight, and not to go the distance. So we can scratch out, uh, we can scratch out whether there'll be a decision in this fight. What about the method of victory? If you're thinking about Poirier getting him down to the ground, is it maybe potentially Poirier by submission? It's sitting at plus 800. Would you want to dabble in any of the markets when it comes to method of victory for Poirier tonight? Yeah, that that would be a guess on my part. Um, not totally data driven. Still working on that, but. I think at plus 800, worth a small stab. Poirier has three different methods of victory available to him. He's proven that he can knock out McGregor. Um, that could easily come again. You don't really get more resilient from knockouts with, with career and age. Uh, Poirier is also a talented grappler, and we didn't really see much of it, but we, sh we should see it this time. I'm hoping to see it this time. And he's got cardio. He can go five rounds. He can finish people late. And McGregor, I think the cardio could be a liability in the fourth and fifth rounds. So that's where he has given up before. So I, I see three equal paths here. Um, plus 800 is 
certainly a pretty tempting offer. I'm, maybe I'll go look that one up. I hadn't even thought of it. Um, but mainly I'm supporting him overall on the side. I do think that plus 800 is an interesting bet, though. Yeah, I'm going to look at, you know, Poirier in rounds three and four and McGregor in rounds three and four because that's where I think this fight ends, in the third or fourth round. And uh, you can get pretty good juice on all four of those bets. So if you sprinkle a little bit on each, uh, you might come away with a nice profit depending on who uh, wins and in how many rounds. Reed, I want to get to the the rest of the fights on this card here. Uh, Sean O'Malley, such a heavy favorite against the replacement fighter. Um, You know, O'Malley seems to be like Dana White's boy. He's pumping him up a little bit. Uh, I can't lay that much juice, but could this be over very quickly? And could you go O'Malley in a knockout early? So that one's not data-driven because his opponent only has two prior UFC appearances and doesn't really qualify for analytical analysis. I will say this, historically speaking, when you have an overwhelming favorite, those fights tend to go inside the distance. Either it really is the squash match that you think it is, or the uh, massive upset occurs. I'm thinking of like Matt Serra over GSP type kind of upset or Holly Holm over Ronda Rousey. When those upsets occur, they tend to be by a finish. They are truly shocking upsets. You don't totally blow um, to like a long shot underdog finishing a decision. Um, so for that reason, yes, you should probably imagine that this fight is going to be inside the distance. I do know folks that train with this guy, the uh, the underdog, but um, it's not a data driven view. I'm just I'm just letting you know. Yeah, historically speaking, when you have squash match odds, the fight doesn't go all the way. Reed, let's look at a couple of the welterweights in this, this the undercard or the second card leading up to the second fight leading up to the McGregor fight. I want to see about Stevie Wonderboy Thompson against Burns here. The numbers starting to tick up. It was at 150 earlier in the week. I see some 160s out there now in favor of Thompson. Can you talk about the style of fight that we might see in this matchup and which side do you favor here? Either it's Thompson or Burns. This is probably the most asymmetric styles matchup on the entire card. Steven Thompson is probably the best long-range striker in the game at keeping people at the proper distance. He has faced the best of the best. He's faced wrestlers. Um, He hasn't always won those fights, but he is still very good at staying off of his back where that's a liability. So this is a striker versus grappler. Burns has a grappling base, world-class grappler, competitive submission grappler. And he actually evolved his stand-up game and started getting pretty good confidence with his hands. He actually does have some threatening hands. He has a lot of strength when he swings, especially early on. So that said, he clearly has an advantage on on the ground here. We need to see some fight IQ from Gilbert Burns to take it down early and often and keep Wonder Boy on the mat, which is tricky. But if anybody can do it, it should be someone like Burns. Burns just out-wrestled Tyron Woodley not that long ago, a very decorated wrestler. So Burns has the skills to put someone on the ground and keep the fight there. And if that happens, there is no chance Thompson is going to win this fight. So for that reason, I like the dog side here. Um, We'll find out probably in the first round whether or not Burns has what it takes to close the distance in a big octagon and get it to the mat. If that happens in the first round, I definitely like his chances. Now Burns going off right now at plus 135. But, uh, Reed, who is your favorite underdog on this card for tonight? Uh, well, Burns for sure. Uh, I, there's a lot of matchups. You know, overall, the odds are fairly close on this card. You're seeing a, a lot of favorites within the you know, 150-ish range. Um, 
I'm leaning towards underdogs in several of those matchups because I see them as closer to a coin flip. And if there's a coin flip and you're giving me some plus money, I'm going to go with the plus money. That includes Gilbert Burns. That includes Carlos Condit uh, and Omari Akhmedov. So those are several dogs. They're not huge underdogs. They're very mild underdogs, but I see value on all three of those plays. Reed, so thinking about the dogs, what about the other side? Just looking at the entire card from, from top to bottom, preliminary fights included, what is really your best bet on this card tonight? The one I'm favoring the most, uh, at least analytically, is Jennifer Maya. Uh, when I look at the performance metrics, it's actually hard to distinguish why the numbers are leaning her way, but so be it. Sometimes you can't always uh, see inside the, the machine. But Jennifer Maya at a minus 200 is probably the biggest favorite that I will be supporting. I think the biggest value play is either Condit or Akhmedov as dogs, but in terms of favorites, um, I also like Michael Pereira. And he's not too expensive, uh, as well as tie to Vasa over Greg Hardy, and that's on the main card. So both those guys are fairly affordable as favorites, and I do see them as uh, getting the upper hand and he, being worth a little bit of premium there. Interesting. He's Reed Kuhn, ESPN UFC insider. You can follow him on Twitter at Fightnomics. Reed, enjoy the fight tonight. It's going to be incredible, and thank you so much for joining us here on VSIN. Well, dude, you guys enjoy the fights, too. There he is, Reed Kuhn, ESPN UFC insider. James, uh, I don't know where you're leaning. We'll get to your pick in just a second. I'm going to go with the fight to end in round three or round four and play those props. What's your bet for tonight's fight? I think for I'm going to go with Stevie Thompson for one, so I'm going to lay that price there. But as far as Poirier, I might take a shot with that uh, submission plus 800. A little too juicy for me to pass up. I think that's where I'll get involved is where maybe the rounds to go over one and a half rounds in the, in the main event. He's James Salinas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This has been Betting Across America presented by BetMGM here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Could these study results apply to your life? If you or a loved one are living with HER2-positive metastatic breast cancer, take a look at the data for a clinical study where 50% of eligible people with HER2-positive MBC lived over two years without their tumors growing or spreading. Visit HER2Results.com to learn more.